a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. Oh, man, it's been a while since we've done one live and in person, but here we are. And we've got a big topic to talk to, and we are talking to Dr. Nathaniel Holston, who's been on several times before. Hello, doctor. How are you? Good morning. Thank Good. you for having me. You betcha. You've been uh, doing this for quite some time at uh, your plastic surgeon at uh, at St. Mary's. And how long have you been with the been the uh, crew there at St. Mary's? I've been at St. Mary's now for about uh, a little over eight years. Eight years. And you came from where to uh, to get there? So originally from uh, Baltimore area, okay. uh, and then did most of my medical uh, training in the Boston area, ah, uh, and then yes. I was recruited down here to become part of our uh, cancer center and our medical center. So it's been a it's been a fun ride so far, and uh, looking forward to more of the journey. Yeah, you know what? And you've been uh, doing the uh, plastic surgery and breast reconstruction, and actually, it's uh, Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day, third Wednesday in October. So the topic is right on point. And a lot to talk about. It's uh, is it onco- oncoplastic surgery that you're oncoplastic or on- oncology plastic surgery? How do we pronounce that first of all? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's, a, it's a new term. So yeah, okay. uh, it's something that's kind of been developed over the last couple of years. But it's called oncoplastic surgery. Oncoplastic so, uh, combining okay. the cancer uh, treatment or surgical therapy with the reconstructive therapy. Right. And yeah, I, I, my, the first thing that hit me is uh, how uh, devastating the disease is. But then the rec- the reconstruction, that part of it has to be when it's done uh, done well, and the recovery part of it has to be such a mental and physical and psychological uplift for for your patients. Don't you think so, doctor? I, I we hope so. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we you know, always strive to do when, when we approach treating cancer, specifically breast cancer, is, you know, first and foremost is the treatment of the cancer uh, mm. and uh, ensure that uh, our patients are getting the proper oncologic therapy and uh, treatment for the cancer. Uh, and from then a surgical standpoint, once that cancer has been removed, you know, our goal as reconstructive surgeons is to restore uh, somebody back to their self to try to uh, provide them with uh, a restoration that's going to lift them physically, lift them emotionally, lift them mentally uh, to help them, you know, get through the the journey of, of this cancer treatment. Doctor, is there a, a timeline on that? I mean, there's uh, treatment, surgery, and then afterwards, then the game really uh, gets interesting about the reconstruction part. Is there Sort of a window there that you use, or some, or every patient could be different in order in order to accomplish what they're looking for. There's various scenarios. Uh, uh, many times um, we actually get involved um, with the uh, oncology team um, from the get go. Uh, you know, here at St. Mary, uh, we utilize what's called a multidisciplinary approach. Um, our patients meet with. Uh, breast oncology surgeons, uh, they meet with uh, medical oncologists, they meet with radiation oncologists, um, and then they also meet with us as the uh, plastic and reconstructive surgeons. Um, in that process, um, they are navigated uh, uh, or led through, uh, you know, this, this journey by our nurse navigators um, with social worker support. Um, so it's really a team approach. 
um, where we come in as reconstructive surgeons, uh, a lot of times it's at the time of the initial surgery. So whether a woman is undergoing uh, a mastectomy, which is the removal of all of the breast tissue, or uh, a partial mastectomy, or another term for that is lumpectomy, where it's removal of a portion of the breast tissue, a lot of times we will get involved in that initial operation and begin the reconstruction process. Then. Right. Then, so then it's a, it's a, a multi-step uh, thing. It's not, the game's not over after the surgery. That's just part of it. And then there's a the second part coming up, the sequel, I guess you could call it, uh, afterwards. So you get them prepared for that. Is age, age a factor and, and uh, other health or maybe some other uh, health issues that could happen? I mean, it's not the only thing there. Is there. Are those factors as well, Doc? When it, when it comes to looking at reconstruction candidates, yeah. uh, the most important thing is looking at uh, the the woman's overall well being um, right. and and what their uh, you know other medical uh, conditions are and how that might affect them through the reconstructive process. Um, again, you know the goal is cancer treatment, uh, and our our goal is is restoration and and support. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't want to put somebody. Uh, through uh, procedures or, or surgeries uh, that might be more daunting than the actual treatment for the cancer. Right. Now, that being said, you know, there's a variety of, of, of other, uh, you know, conditions that uh, can, uh, can not uh, inhibit the reconstructive process, and many women and more women are actual candidates for reconstruction that un- then undergo reconstruction. Right. Um, one of the reasons why... Uh, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons started Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day is that, uh, you know, few women that actually have uh, a breast cancer diagnosis actually go on to breast reconstruction. Um, so this uh, this awareness day was created to, to make sure that uh, women and, and patients, uh, including men undergoing uh, breast cancer treatment, know that there are options out there for reconstruction. Right, so the, this, the game's not over, uh, so they got a chance to move on. I'm, I'm sure there's risks and advantages that go along with that, right? I mean, uh, you do know, like you're saying, do no harm, and the, the window there may be a little, uh, may, may take a little longer for some uh, uh, versus others, right? Some may be ready to roll right away, and others would take some time to sort of either digest it or maybe to... Uh, periods of recovery, every patient has to be a little bit different, right, Doc? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every treatment plan, every surgical approach, anything we do from a reconstruction standpoint, while there may be a lot of similarities from patient to patient, it's very much an individualized approach for that um, for that person. Right. Uh, you know, some people will undergo uh, what's called immediate reconstruction, meaning mm-hmm. it is uh, one surgery at the time of their cancer surgery that they undergo the reconstruction. Other people, you know, what we were talking about before, will undergo a staged uh, reconstruction where they will have, they say, something like a tissue expander mm-hmm. placed at the initial operation, and then there's subsequent operations for, for final completion of the reconstruction. Um, other times, there are delayed reconstructions, meaning that uh, we don't do a reconstruction at the time of the cancer uh, surgery, uh, they, you know, patients may need other therapies that are more pressing, such as their chemotherapy or their radiation therapy. Um, and then once they've recovered from their oncologic treatment, then we'll get involved 
uh, down the road, uh, whether that's performing flap surgery where we use a patient's own tissue to do the reconstruction uh, or whether it's implant-based reconstruction. Right. Uh, there's a kind of <coughs> patient also uh, expect to see some scarring or uh, some scars on them or uh, visible scars or anything like that. I mean, it's a, can it be a clean process or no? So any time that there is a surgical procedure, there are scars. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the you know if the skin is uh, traumatized, whether it's from a surgery or whether it's from trauma, there's always going to be a, a scar. Mm-hmm. That being said, the goal is to try to minimize or position those scars, especially when it comes to breast surgery, uh, in locations that are less noticeable um, or in, in locations where the contouring of the reconstruction can hide them well. Right. I, you, you mentioned the team effort from, from all the, the team that goes, so the intake and the navigators and the nurses and the radiation and all the other stuff. And having gone through hip replacement surgery, you realize how, how valuable that is, keeping the patient up to date, informed, in the loop, and also painting a positive picture, too, before you you're, get in there and get the job done. By the time they get to you, they uh, they probably sh- pretty pretty well informed on what they're up against, what they're going to be doing, uh, the recovery time, and then so on and so forth. Right? Is, do you find that in your in your uh, in your uh, practice, doctor? I, you know, I find a lot of patients are very well informed, very well educated. Um, I find also patients can be overwhelmed by the process, oh, oh, I can, I can uh, and that. and it's a it's a really daunting uh, circumstance where, you know, somebody is given a cancer diagnosis, uh, especially when uh, it comes out of the blue or, or when then they're really not expecting it, which happens with, with a lot of patients. Yeah. So it, the, having the support structure, having our social workers, having our nurse navigators, um, and having all of um, the, the healthcare team involved and all the different specialists, I think is really, really valuable in that we all bring something different to the table to help patients understand what they're going through and help provide them with the knowledge they need to get them through it. Uh, so when patients come to see me, people are in, in various stages of, uh, of their understanding. Um, but it's our goal as, as surgeons, our goal as physicians, our goal as healthcare providers to provide patients with the necessary knowledge, the necessary support, um, and then the education that they need that they're going to make proper decisions for them in their individual circumstance. Right, and you also have to you know, keep the, the family, you know, the collateral damage that goes with the angst that goes along with a, a loved one uh, going through that relative, too, so to keep them uh, uh, up and chipper and in, in the loop as well. So you got to, a little more uh, work cut out for you to be... To be to be honest with you, uh, with the family as well. So it's all, it's always tougher on them too because they sit there out in the waiting room and fret. You know, that's those are the tough those are the tough times to be sure. No question. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, with patients, uh, you know, they're fortunately most patients that we are helping are not going through this alone, and they have a really strong family support structure. They have a strong friend support structure, uh, and they're all part of the process. Uh, yeah. And this is 100% a team effort um, in, in helping patients um, and uh, in providing patients with that support structure. I think is the 
defining uh, feature that we do really well here at St. Mary uh, to ensure that, that patients know that a lot of people are out there looking for them, rooting for them, helping them, right. um, which mentally and emotionally um, and physically can can be really helpful. Yeah. You know, before we go to break here, something that's a little off the beaten path, you probably you know, have been doing this for quite some time and you're a doctor and, you, and there's this series called Botched and you see all the all this plastic surgery. <laughs> and if you take a look at that, and what is, as a doctor, you go, what the heck is going on here with this stuff? I mean, uh, as a as a surgeon, you go, man, you go, don't you cry foul or shenanigans on, on some of this stuff? I want to get your impression. They have a TV shows about all this stuff. It's like, it's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, there's, there's a lot of things that are made for TV oh, and God. <laughs> that's one of them. I, yeah, your stuff is not. But I, you, as a doctor, you look for you look at something and say, "What? How can this guy be actually doing this stuff?" You know, but I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's a, I see that every <laughs> once in a while, and you know, I maybe as a doctor, you go harumph, harumph. But maybe it's just like you say, just staged or for TV or whatever. But anyway. Uh, we're with Dr. Nathaniel uh, Holtzman, a plastic surgeon. We're talking oncoplastic surgery and reconstruction, and it's uh, big-time stuff going on out there, and a lot of great things are happening, and we're going to get back with Dr. Holtzman in a moment. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So the St. Mary orthopedic team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho. John, we can't keep putting this off. Okay, I'll clean the gutters. I'm talking about your dad. Well, what can we do? He wants to stay in his house. We can make his house safer. You know he's a proud guy. He's not going to take all our fussing lying down. That's the idea. For older people, falling and breaking a hip can be devastating. For easy ways to make homes safer, visit orthoinfo.org slash falls. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. And on the line, Dr. Nathaniel Holson. And with uh, St. Mary's about eight years, reconstructive oncoplastic surgery and the benefits and, uh, Doctor, one of the things I was going to ask you is, uh, do you, can you remember your youngest patient or your oldest patient that you've had? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've unfortunately had um, several patients uh, in their young 20s mm-hmm. um, whom we've treated for uh, breast cancer. Um, and then uh, we've had some patients, you know, from a reconstructive side where uh, they've, they've been treated uh, either first stage or, or subsequent stages later, um, in their uh, in their later seventies, uh, even uh, early eighties. Wow. Um, again, I think a lot of how we approach a patient is the person as a whole, um, and uh, and we we tailor their surgical therapy specifically for them and and what's going to be of most benefit to them and and what minimizes the risk. Could also be anybody who doesn't have cancer, say somebody re, uh, recovering from an auto accident or got hurt or something. Can, is that eligible as well for reconstruction? If it's uh, it has to be cancer or no? Could it be for yeah, something? We else? offer all types all of, types. of okay. reconstructive procedures. Yeah, you know, obviously today we're talking about breast reconstruction, yes. but 
you know, there's you know, there's reconstructive procedures for uh, skin cancer resection, such yeah. as you know okay. uh, melanoma or squamous cell. There's uh, reconstructive procedures that we do, like you said, when when people are in auto accidents, right. if they need um, facial bone reconstruction or if they need soft tissue reconstruction, uh, with, you know, replacing skin or muscle over bones uh, from some unfortunate motor vehicle accidents. Right. So we, yeah, reconstruction is a the broad term that can be applied to a lot of different uh, situations. Is there something in uh, every every doctor has some kind of calling that somehow got you into this? Is there is there a personal story or anything like that that sort of drew you to maybe a calling to what you're doing now versus something else? I, I think yeah, I, I think when I was actually going through my surgical training. Um, it was it was kind of early on um, in either my PGY two or PGY three year, um, and uh, I was rotating with our plastic surgeons. And the one thing that really stood out for me was that they were able to see their work and see what they were doing well, seeing what they needed to do better. Um, but it was the relationship between them and their patients that I really cling to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when we are treating our uh, our breast cancer patients, it's a process and it's a journey. And these are uh, women and families that we get to know over a year or, or so of, of different uh, visits and therapies and surgeries. Um, and then it, sometimes it becomes a lifelong journey where there's yearly follow-up uh, or uh, when, when, you know, different stages or if implants need to be exchanged or something like that. 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. So you develop a, a strong core relationship um, with, with patients. And I think being able to intervene surgically, see mm-hmm. what you can do, see your work, and, and then have that emotional attachment and, and component where you're, you're really helping someone through a trying time in their life and then to see them flourish after, uh, very, very rewarding. Yeah, that, that'll keep you motivated, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and there's also m- many different facets of that. I mean, uh, uh, what, what are the patients complaining? Well, you don't see it. You don't see. You only get to see your doctor ten minutes, and then you, got, you better get the questions up. And but I think they're doing a better job of that, at least in my uh, personal experience. Going through the the surgery centers now are more, uh, you know, specialized, and and you recover and you're away from everything. I think they've got the the game down pretty well. But they also have a lot of different other things going on. I. I think you probably consult with others uh, about uh, aftercare. I mean, uh, one of the big things would be nutrition, right? Nutrition and diet. That that would lend the, uh, and speed up recovery, right? I mean, you, there's got to be a component there, right, doctor? Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, overall well-being and conditioning is, mm. is very important for uh, surgical recovery. Uh, so before any surgery, we always talk to our patients about uh, what we say, optimizing their nutrition or optimizing their conditioning. Mm. Um, we want people to be as fit as they can be going into surgery um, because that will help them to a speedier recovery after. Uh, and then obviously maintaining that nutritional process, maintaining that conditioning uh, to, to overcome surgery and the recovery uh, is, is really important. Um, and we use a lot of our team members to help with that. Uh, we mm. have nutritionists on staff. We we obviously uh, utilize our physical therapists oh, quite yeah. a bit. That's uh, you know, we have our occupational therapists. Um, we have our lymphedema team. Uh, you know, all all of what we do here as surgeons 
uh, is supported by multiple uh, different uh, facets to help people yeah. recover. Okay, you get input too from the social workers too, right? So that kind of gives you kind of a, a guiding light a little bit on where their mental frame of mind is or what maybe you have to say something or, or uh, bolster them a little bit. Do you get that intake as well, doctor, about, uh, you know, the, the, or maybe there's a spiritual connection or something that you have to be involved totally with your patients, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we, we get that input from the social workers, but mm-hmm. more importantly, we get that input from our patients. We, you know, face, yeah. we go directly to the source and, and say, what, what can we do? What can we provide to you that is going to uh, help you get through this process, whether it's spiritual, whether it's, uh, you know, emotional, whether it's setting up social services with visiting nurse care or physical therapy at home versus going to an outpatient center, um, whether that's setting uh, patients up with uh, breast cancer support groups. Um, you know, you know we, we try to tailor every experience for that individual patient. Right, and look at all the tentacles we've been talking about, and uh, from the spiritual to the physical therapy to the diet, the recovery, the total package, uh, even before, you know, it's just not one of these things where you're checking in by uh, nine and out by five. I mean, that's uh, uh, maybe that's what a lot of people would think, but not really, the way the, uh, the, way the process is handled now. And is it, was it a little, uh, uh, the technology involved, uh, Doctor, to when you first started to where you are now has to be light years as well, right? And the instruments you have and the, the information you can glean now from the, from technology and everything else. I mean, when you first started, it has to be a mile, yeah. miles ahead of it, what we're, where it used to be. Yeah. Technique alone has changed. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if you think about, it, we're talking about the oncoplastic surgery today and, mm-hmm. and, and really the evolution of that, uh, has changed significantly throughout, um, you know, my, you know, career here. Uh, you know, being able to offer women reconstructive procedures uh, when, you know, they're undergoing just a lumpectomy, so that's just a, a removal of a portion of their breast. Mm-hmm. We're able to utilize their own, you know, remaining breast tissue or transfer fat from other uh, regions of the body to uh, provide reconstruction. We're transferring, you know, muscles uh, in order to restore uh, breast anatomy and, 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 and contour where we weren't doing that 15 years ago, yeah. 20 years ago. Um, the Connection is better. And like yeah. You talk about, yeah, the technology um, of, of being able to use different uh, grafting uh, tools and materials, being able to use different microscopes and, and treat lymphedema uh, differently. Uh, there's a whole host of technique combined with new technologies that we're able to bring to patients that just make for better outcomes and and, uh, and and put patients in a better place physically and emotionally. Do you have also support groups, doctor, from those who have been through the through the bill and can tell their stories, uh, or uh, the ones who are about to do that, kind of link them up as well, uh, sort of give them the maybe the Newt Rockney pep talk and and sort of uh, like a support group kind of thing. I know St. Mary does that from time to time and has those groups. Is would it be an oncoplastic onco uh, support groups uh, going like that? There, there are. There there's, are. there's various support groups of our uh, breast cancer patients, our breast cancer survivors, of uh, families of, of uh, breast cancer patients and survivors, and, and those sources uh, are available to all of our patients that come through our center. Uh, and because some people want a big group and they want mm-hmm. to be able to 
you know, kind of sound some ideas and, and emotions, uh, you know, throughout a group. Other people just need a, a mentor. They need uh, just a, a sole person that can they can reach out to when they need them. Um, and those various resources um, uh, are available to any of the patients coming to our breast uh, uh, center and, and, uh, and throughout St. Mary's. Right. You're also the uh, division chief at St. Mary's. So what does that, uh, what does that uh, give you, a bigger office, or do you got more responsibility, or some of the other things that go on when you're a division chief? What does that entail? It's a smaller office and more responsibility. <laughs> oh, it's just the other way. That, oh, it dump all over yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a lot more paperwork and, and, a, and a lot more meetings. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's, uh, it's enjoyable to be uh, a part of, uh, yeah. you know, the, the surgical leadership team to help, uh, you know, push our uh, surgical team to help push our our surgeons into the right direction. Right. And, and it's and it's great to be surrounded by you know uh, amazing talent uh, mm. and and uh, uh, surgical staff that really want to push the cutting edge. Right. And uh, how long would a, a oncoplastic surgery? What is the average uh, say uh, a time for a, a surgical surgery procedure to take? Which I know that they're they're probably different degrees. What would you say would be an average time for a, for for a surgery procedure? You know, a lot of it depends on specifically what type of uh, surgery we're doing. So if, if we're doing a procedure where a, a woman is undergoing, uh, let's say, uh, a lumpectomy, where a portion of the, her breast is being removed, and then we're replacing that with some of the surrounding breast tissue and then maybe reducing the breast on the other side, uh, surgery like that usually takes around three and a half to four hours. Wow. Um, but if we're, let's say, transferring t- tissue from somewhere else in the body, let's say we're doing a fat grafting procedure, some of those may be uh, a little bit shorter, um, you know, more in the, the hour to two hour range. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, again, you know, the time of surgery is really dependent on, on what is the goal that needs to be accomplished that day and, and, and how we need to achieve it. Um, and, and so we, we are just looking at of what it is that we need to get done. Right, and it could be more than one procedure that uh, at that times, right? So it could be a stage one, two, mm-hmm. whatever it could be doing. So uh, there's, the, the game may not be over after the, after the, first, uh, <clears throat> the first half, right? So, the, so you may have uh, a bigger, bigger picture to work on, right? Right, there's, and we're always, we're always striving to get the best result that we can. Uh, and uh, a lot of times that can be done in a single stage, and, and many times it can't. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to do multiple stage procedures. And, and a lot of times those, you know, the surgeries we do are coordinated around the cancer therapy. Uh, right. So, for example, um, let's say we're, we're you know, doing a, a reconstruction of a partial breast. Um, and we do that as stage one, uh, and then uh, the woman goes on to radiation therapy, um, and then six to nine months down the road, there are some changes to the breast tissue uh, and, and the fatty tissue underneath of that after radiation. Well, then we do some subsequent procedures of fat grafting and things like that that then help to counteract those right. radiation changes. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, so it's always a process, and, and we're always striving to do what we can to get the best results uh, for our patients. Right, we've been talking to Dr. Nathaniel Holzman, Plastic Surgery Division Chief at St. Mary's Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. Doctor, a final word on what would you like to tell the listeners about oncoplastic surgery at St. Mary's and who would be eligible? And there's a lot of great things going on, right? 
I think we've got a wonderful program here. Very proud of what we're able to offer our patients uh, from, you know, the beginning of a cancer diagnosis all the way through to, to reconstruction. Um, and on uh, Breast uh, uh, Reconstruction Awareness Day, uh, people should know that in their own community here at St. Mary, um, we are able to offer them uh, a whole gamut of, of options. Um, wonderful team, wonderful people, uh, really near and dear to my heart and, and just a really good place where people can go for their support and their care. Uh, thank you so much for your time and all the work you do, and everybody can stay in the game and, uh, and uh, also the mental, uh, the mental well-being that goes along with it, too. Is you cannot underestimate all that, all that as well. So I thank you so much for uh, taking the time. For more information, get to the website, trinityhealthma.org, and uh, find out more about what they're doing at St. Mary's. And Dr. Nathaniel Holstman has been there about eight, eight nine years and been a frequent guest with us as always, with the great information and continue the good work and success, and hopefully we'll be talking again real soon. Well, I thank you very much, and I hope you and all our listeners are staying healthy. Thank you so much. All right, Dr. Nathaniel Holzman, our guest on the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB Wednesdays at 9 o'clock. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart.